0: the body bag podcast i'm your host broke writer dave i'm with
1: oh is that my turn oh, i thought you yeah. were gonna introduce me chris thomas what's good everyone
0: we can do it again just no it's fine
1: out. no you know what leave it <laughs> just leave just, it. just just leave that little clunky intro in <laughs> all
0: right <laughs> how are you doing this week chris
1: uh good good i'm gonna go see the new Candyman this weekend oh
0: yes I don't think I will see it this weekend, but I might try sometime next week so to go see it. Awesome. Yeah. but this week we are covering the original nineteen ninety two Candyman.
1: Before we even get into like what it's about or anything like that, can we just all agree that Tony Todd has one of the most iconic villain voices in horror cinema? That's not controversial to say, right? I mean, he's he's definitely up there.
0: Not controversial at all. I think that's one of the main reasons that uh, Candyman has the type of following it is is.
1: I put he him makes up, it work. I put him up there with iconic voice Jigsaw,
0: Freddy yeah. Krueger,
1: Hannibal Lecter. That's I he's he's up there.
0: I mean, you got uh, the ghost face voice too.
1: Okay, I, I'll I'll allow it.
0: Yeah, but yeah, he definitely had the perfect voice to play this villain.
1: Powerful enough to entice people to want to be his victim.
0: Exactly. I'm just wondering if it's going to fall in the same fate as like the new Nightmare on Elm Street on t- in 2010. Mm-hmm. Having someone else play an iconic role kind of soured on some people. He just didn't play Freddie Wright and kind of threw off the entire Talk movie. about
1: uh, Jackie Earl Haley.
0: Uh Yeah. I you know what? People
1: hate on on his performance. I liked it. I, I liked him ever since I've seen him play uh, Rorschach. And when they announced him as the new Freddy Krueger, I was like, all right, I can totally see that. And I, I will even say this, that I liked the direction that they were going to go if he turned out to be a man falsely accused. I thought that would have been a really cool idea. But yeah, I can see. yeah. but this is not about Freddy. This is about well, Candyman. I'm sure, I'm sure Freddy will come up at some point later on in another podcast.
0: Yeah, definitely will. But yeah, Candyman this week.
1: Um, a brief synopsis for anybody who has not seen the Candyman movies. Candyman is a good example of oral folklore come to life. He is powered kind of like Freddy Krueger in that people have to be talking about him and be scared of him in order for him to exist. Uh, was he a former slave? I know he was, it was in the 1800s. Was, was he was he a,
0: a uh, former slave turned into an artist.
1: Former slave turned into an artist who uh, became romantically involved with a white woman, impregnated her. Her father found out, got the entire town to come chase him down. They chopped off his hand and then covered him in honey and let a swarm of bees basically sting him to death. And now, if you say his name five times in the mirror, he comes and kills you. Very much like in the same vein of Bloody Mary.
0: Is Bloody Mary five times or three times? Bloody Mary
1: is three times, but it's the same yeah. concept.
0: Yeah, definitely the same concept. But
1: Now, I just want to like throw this out there. In terms of tragic villain backstories, I've asked this to some people before. Who do you think in horror cinema has the saddest horror backstory, and they're a villain because of their backstory. A lot of people, I've asked that to, say Candyman. Um, It's it's usually between Candyman and Jason.
0: That's exactly where I was going with it. I think they have the two saddest. You see why they became villains. Like, what happened to them was so traumatic. Don't condone what you're doing, but I understand it, you know? Well, let let
1: me put this out there. Which villain intrigues you more? A villain that kills... Because they just want to, or a villain that is doing it for a reason, their trauma or whatnot. Who do you identify more with? Well, maybe not identify, but what, what hooks you into a slasher movie more? Just one that just kills indiscriminately or one that has a reason that they're doing what they're doing?
0: I think a uh, villain that has a reason for what they're doing, because he, I like characters with multiple layers to them, so they're not just one-dimensional Just going around just killing to kill, kind of like Arthur Clown from last week.
1: Because I've heard uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween. A lot of people didn't like that one because they gave Michael Myers a reason that he's killing people. Whereas in the original first Mm -hmm. Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween... It was just a kid who went crazy. We don't know why he's going around killing people. And this is before the whole find out that he has a baby sister and it got all muddled with a thorn cult and all that business. He was just a guy who went crazy one day, killed his sister, and went to an insane asylum. And I think a lot of people didn't like the new one because it ruined the mystery. That's the only reason why I'm asking that question and putting it out there. I just find it interesting as all.
0: It is interesting because sometimes, you know, like in the case of Halloween, not having that much backstory until the reason why he was doing things mm. works. It makes the villain more like uh, scarier, but also you kind of watch more intently to just try and find things to fill in the gaps that are left out. Compared to where with uh, Candyman, we got a lot of his backstory before we even met Tony Todd as Candyman. Have you ever been tempted
1: to try and test any urban legends that you might know? Like I've done the whole bloody Mary thing before in the bathroom.
0: Yeah. I, in my teenage years, I'm pretty sure I've done a few of them and now I've done bloody Mary and Candyman. I know there's more out there, but I can't think of at the moment.
1: That's what I like about this movie is that for those of you who don't know or need reminding Candyman doesn't show up until about 50 minutes into the movie. It's very much like an oral folklore story itself in that it builds up the scare with just the story of Candyman. So we hear from multiple people what he does, who he is, and it's only until you have this false sense of security like, all right, they found the guy who they thought was responsible for those murders, and then all of a sudden, nope, there's Candyman right there seducing the woman in the parking lot
0: and framing her for murder later. Basically, he ruins her life to the point where she has no choice but to want to be his victim. I laughed probably every
1: five minutes when she started getting framed for murder because I think humor is just how I cope with a horrible situation. So that is a horrible thing for villain. Candyman won't just kill you. He, he will make everybody think that you're crazy, frame you for murder to the point where you are begging to be killed.
0: Yeah, like right after she meets Candyman. She blacks out, wakes up in the bathroom of Anne Marie's house. Her baby's missing, and she's covered in dog blood.
1: Right, can we talk about Helen for a second? Because at the beginning, before she started getting framed for murder, I didn't, I didn't really like her as a, as a, as the protagonist. I felt that she was a little too entitled. She was just going up into the projects like she belonged there, going around taking pictures of people's houses and 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 the mirrors on the wall and dragging her friend who who's telling her the whole time, "Hey, look, let's get out of here." I don't know. Something about her just kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. I'm
0: glad I'm not the only one that felt like that too. Like the first half of the movie, I did not like her at all
1: and i thought for sure that she was gonna get that little kid killed the one that she was asking questions about the one who led her to the bathroom i was like oh my god if she gets this kid killed i'm gonna be so angry this kid is trying to mind his own yeah. business and if if she gets Candyman man roped in and starts and this kid gets like gutted with a meat hook i'm just gonna be like Ugh. But then I started feeling. Then I started feeling bad for. It. I was like, "All right, you know what? Getting framed for murder—that's a pretty rough uh, way to go."
0: <laughs> yeah, getting framed for murdering your best friend
1: whose only crime was being a good friend and being the voice of reason.
0: Yes, she absolutely didn't deserve what happened to her. She
1: she didn't want to go to the projects. She wanted to get her friend out of here. She was warning her friend, hey, look, we don't need to be here messing around with these people here. And even after all that, she was coming to bring her friend flowers, and then she
0: gets a meat hook in the stomach. All this happened because I wanted to write a good thesis paper.
1: But you know what? Her getting framed for murder, I kept thinking, you know what? This would be a great thing to add to your paper. Crazed woman who's fixated on local legends becomes killer herself. That would be an awesome thesis paper.
0: Yeah, I agree. Probably do very well in the psych field with that one.
1: I'm actually looking at my notes here because I I tend to take... I tend to pause the movie every five seconds and write like a paragraph's worth of notes. I think Helen had a death wish anyway. She struts right into the projects to research a killer urban legend. Oh, the cinematography in this. Let's talk about some of the shots in this. That shot of her coming out of Candyman's mouth in the mural. Great shot.
0: Yeah, I agree. I loved. like I grew up in suburbs of Chicago. So seeing all the shots of Chicago. Mm hmm. Was really nice for me. I,
1: I I like that kind of graffiti mural art anyway, but that shot has become kind of an iconic shot of her walking out of Candyman's mouth and then seeing those uh, razor filled chocolates.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree with that one right there. And you know,
1: Tony Todd actually had to put all those bees in his mouth.
0: Yeah, uh, he got a thousand dollar bonus every time he got stung. That's that
1: must be. Yeah, I heard the same thing.
0: Yeah, he made like I think twenty eight thousand dollars along with be li- bonuses.
1: I would be lying my ass off saying, "Oh, yep, yeah, there's another sting. Give me another thousand. Oh, zah, ow, another sting. I would have walked out with twenty grand that day."
0: Yeah, I'm really hoping the in the new Candyman they do the same thing and use real bees.
1: I would. Not be shocked at all if it was CGI. I'm sure they would have used CGI bees even in 1992 if they didn't look so bad, but... True, but... I don't know. I, I've only seen the trailer once or twice, so... I I don't have any kind of gauge in terms of this looks like a movie that's going to look like it's going to use a lot of CGI or it looks like it'll have a lot of practical effects. But I'll know uh, this Sunday.
0: I think the real beast kind of brings realness to it. Oh, yeah. Well, I've said before, I'm a sucker.
1: I'm a sucker for practical effects.
0: Same here. Also, what I really liked about this music, the movie is like the soundtrack music that was playing in the background during most of it. Because this
1: is another Clive Barker movie. Well, it was directed by Bernard Rose, but produced by Clive Barker, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. When you hear the orchestral sounds, it definitely reminded me a little bit of Hellraiser. Just it in just, terms of the intense music.
0: Yeah, it was so good. Especially the music at the very beginning of the movie when they're, you know, showing the cast list and everything. That was so good. On a side note real quick, I had to
1: write this down just because. I said, I always find it hilarious when movies shoehorn nudity in for no reason. When she got arrested and she's in the police station, it wasn't really any real need for her to have to strip down butt naked and get those side booby shot. I mean, I'm a guy, so of course I'm going to be like, hey, hey!" but as a film fan, I'm like, you know, didn't really need that shot. Just like you didn't really need that shot of her sitting in the bathtub and holding herself you know, when she was talking to her husband. I don't know. I just find it funny. Yeah. I just find it yeah. hilarious when they, because that's, that's definitely a staple in horror movies. The obligatory nudity full frontal shot.
0: Yeah, that's something that... uh
1: Especially for <sighs> slashers.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a slasher type thing. Yeah, but that's basically, I think, the only reason that scene was in there was just to get that shot.
1: But in general, what's your opinion on... Because I've heard people say before that nudity and just sex scenes in general turn them off in horror movies i mean obviously the whatever answer would be oh it has its place and everything but does nudity randomly just in a horror movie turn you off or i don't know what's your opinion on is random nudity thrown into horror movies
0: doesn't turn me off but i prefer like it just not be like shoot a horn in there just for the sake of having it in there. I'd like it to have like some meaning for the story.
1: Or if they make fun
0: of it, like in Cabin in the Woods. Exactly. So, well, you know, take it or leave it. I guess
1: when you're talking about movies like Friday the 13th or something, it's just going to show... Well, one of my opinions on this whole thing is... Because there are some slashers where they'll get killed either during the act or right after they get finished having sex. To me, that I think that adds a little bit of another layer because not only are you getting killed, but you're naked and vulnerable. It's kind of yeah. like it. It's kind of like getting killed while you're sitting on the toilet. You know, you're not expecting it, and you're in your vulnerable place, your safe place, and then all of a sudden you have a knife in your back.
0: Yeah, I think that does add a little level of fear with people because no one wants to die that way when they're in like their most vulnerable positions. But for the most part, I think a lot of nudity has to be. Is more for, like, the target audience of slashers, which is teenage guys.
1: And don't get me wrong. When yeah. I was a young teenager, I very much appreciated the nude scenes.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, it has its place, but also I can see why it does turn some people off.
1: If you have any, If you have anything to add, I'm just looking through my notes.
0: I mean, overall, I think Candyman is a great movie. I'm someone that enjoys a lot of, backstory and lore so getting all the oral history and candy man for the first 45 to 50 minutes of the movie i actually enjoyed a lot more than i thought i would so overall i think this was actually a really good movie
1: i even enjoyed the parts that didn't have candy man in it i just enjoyed the world building of especially in the projects of a community that believes that this Candyman person is real, and that they have to appease him with offerings and whatnot. And the building of his lore and his legend. I might not have liked the character Helen, but not, not at all because of the actress. I thought the actress did a great job, but I think her character is supposed to be somewhat unlikable because she's going into this kind of not making fun of what these people are believing, but definitely thinking that it's a bunch of nonsense that these people are believing this. So she kind of comes off a little bit more like, I'm smarter than you guys, and I'm just going to.
0: Yeah, sticking her nose up at him. Like, oh. Uh.
1: Yeah, sticking her nose in the air at him. Like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to, you know. You guys are—you guys fascinate me. You know, tell me more about this voodoo you call Candyman. Tell—tell tell me about this mythical Candyman that you're so scared of. While I critique what you say, I don't know, rub me the wrong way, but which makes yeah. his reveal all the more cool. Just that whole build-up in the first half before we get to Candyman is, is just great to me. It's kind of like in The Shining. Shining is also a slow burn. It takes a little bit to get to the actual horror stuff, but the build-up just just puts you in the right mood. My kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I agree. Look, Shining gets it right with that slow build. Same with Candyman. They get the slow build burn perfect in this movie.
1: Speaking of staples that I had mentioned earlier with the nudity thing being a staple of slasher movies, another staple of horror movies for some reason is that hospitals only apparently employ perverts jerks or just all around unlikable people i mean they were all doing their i was kind of getting like the guy who was strapping her down and stuff like that and She's like, what day is it? And he was like, oh, he said something snarky. Oh yeah. This wasn't this this wasn't as bad because I thought that guy was gonna be snarky the entire time. I was like, oh man, why is it that they only employ like jerks and like smart asses and hospitals and horror movies? But this one isn't that great of a Fear Street. Exactly. Our first episode yeah. is a better example. That nurse Freddie Betty guy who
0: Oh, Nurse Buddy who they who, sell who, buys, too, yeah.
1: who buys drugs and lets them break the rules and stuff like that, like those kinds of characters or anything in like the Rob Zombies. Well, Rob Zombies Halloween is a perfect example of like those orderlies who, who were about to take advantage of that mentally not well woman and just cursing just unlikable
0: i think it's like that because it just makes a better movie and you could find like the very very few examples where there's some nurse doctors who are like that it's very few but if they showed like you know actual caring nurses and doctors
1: well D- danny trejo would, well look, he wasn't an orderly he was a janitor yeah but yeah
0: it i be as well as good
1: well, I don't know. That seems to be a staple too. I just, I just noticed that too, and it bugs me too. I'm like, really? Do you have no screening process for the people that you hire here?
0: I never noticed that until you just brought it up right now. Now I'm like going through every horror movie I watch. Like, damn, he, he's right.
1: I'm pretty sure that guy is a is a crazy. But I'm pretty sure that this guy who's working as an orderly actually deserves to be in here. This guy's a crazy person. Yeah. So I think we've about gotten to that point of kills of the movies.
0: Yeah. So what would be your kill of the week?
1: My kill of the week is the very last one where Helen comes back and kills her husband, her cheating husband. I thought that was a pretty cool way to end it that now she is among the folklore And now her name is going to be the one whispered in street corners and a potential new legend is now given life and lives through the fear of other people. I just thought it it, is a cool way of showing this is how those kind of tales are born. And I got so much pleasure out of her killing her cheating husband.
0: Yeah, that was a good one. I could
1: understand if he hooked up with that girl after Helen was off in the loony bin for like a month because at this point it's all evidence, like any normal person would believe, all right, my wife is a serial killer. She definitely just killed her best friend. She definitely killed that dog and kidnapped a baby. And she just killed the therapist and broke out of the hospital. But I mean, we get a sense that he had been cheating on her, Way before
0: all that, yeah, we have a scene where like she kind of accuses him, but doesn't really accuse him. Like twenty minutes into the movie,
1: yeah, I mean we all kind of know. But if if that wasn't the case, I'd have been like, all right, well this guy's just trying to move on. But the fact that he was a scumbag, I was like, all right, say her name five times, and then yeah. gets the <laughs> gets the business. So yeah, that
0: was my kill of the week. Plus the dude's like late forties, early fifties, and that was a college student. Like, come on, man. You know, I,
1: I'm i not at all going to hate on a 40, 50-year-old if he's pulling college students, if they're legal. If he's if he wasn't married and everything like that, more power to the guy if he's 40, 50 and pulling college
0: students. Yeah, but for my kill of the week, I'm in the opposite direction. Uh, when her best friend gets killed. When kinda. Candyman
1: kills her best friend?
0: Yeah, and then frames her for it. That has to be the worst thing in the world to see your best friend get killed. Plus, we don't, I don't think we even...
1: I don't think we even see her actually get killed. We just can visualize it. Exactly.
0: But just kind of that whole situation is awful. And I think it makes me respect Candyman even more. Because, yeah, he could have easily just went and killed Helen. But instead, he decided he's going to mess with her and make her life absolutely terrible.
1: Because he wanted it to be to the point where she begs for death. That's what he wanted ultimately for her to do, is that he wanted her to want to die.
0: Yeah. I love a villain who kind of plays with this food.
1: I got to admit, though, I've only seen the this Candyman. I haven't seen the second or third one. but So I
0: have a question about that. Yeah. But this movie being as good as it is, I mean, I haven't had to go watch sequels. I'm wondering why the sequels aren't as well talked about or respected as Candyman is. It's just
1: that whole thing of it's very hard for sequels to capture the awesomeness of the very first movie i mean there are very few i mean i can't think of more than like right now off the top of my head more than like five sequels that are just as good as the original
0: that is true but you gotta think in like some franchises even with like terrible sequels they still have you know like respect and get talked about i'm not saying um, they don't have their their fan base yeah
1: they have their fan base, sure, but everybody usually goes back to that well of the first one being the better. I might go ahead and watch the second and third one. I might binge watch that this weekend just because I really enjoyed this first one. and It had been a, been years since I'd seen Candyman, so it was a good and refreshing to watch it again. So I might yeah, watch the second here. and third one because I think Tony Todd is in both of them as well.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he plays Candyman in both of them. So, yeah, I'm going the to watch because kind of just want to know what happened in those so all right i think that is all we have for this week on Candyman. unless you have anything else to add
1: no just shout out to everyone who's following us and all of our supporters whether on youtube facebook twitter or instagram thanks uh for bearing with us we're still getting the hang of it but i think we're getting there and for this upcoming movie week I'm going to put it out there to the universe to pick our movie for us. So I'm going to be putting up a post on Facebook, but probably by the time this gets out, we'll already have that pick. So I don't know why I'm saying it. So, but the fans or subscribers are going to be choosing the next movie.
0: Also, if you just want to like shoot us a message with a a suggestion of a movie to review, you can find us on Twitter at Body Bag Pod and on instagram at bodybagpodcast also if you are watching on youtube make sure to like and subscribe we'd appreciate that
1: also and a special shout out to the guys on instagram horror guys 90s uh we just did one of their death matches uh that was the really horror really, wars and that was very very fun uh they seem like really cool guys go definitely check their podcast out house of horrors you can find them on spotify
0: great guys and we will probably be doing some more horror wars on their page so keep an eye out for those and with that i think
1: uh, that's about it
0: have a good week everybody
1: peace take it easy